morning, Bethel. It's great to be with you. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, God is good. Part number two, turn to your neighbor and say, I carry forgiveness. You do carry forgiveness. It's interesting. I've been loving this series that we've been going through, that we are carriers of something. That's been awesome because not only are we carriers, but we are also imparters of something. And today we are going to be talking, as it says up there, we are kingdom carriers of forgiveness. If you have your Bibles, I would love for you to turn to Genesis chapter 50, 50, with us. And we are going to be journeying through Joseph's story, online church. Do me a favor, people here. I want you to remember this line. We're going to come back to it later on. But this line can be transformative. And it is, am I in the place of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, am I in the place of God? If you're online, type it out. Am I in the place of God? We will come back to that. So Joseph's story has been one that has interested me recently. Joseph is a man who's a, he's not a man yet, but he's a young boy during this time. He is the youngest during this time before we start diving in. And he is a little boy. He's a dreamer. God has given him a gift of dreams and interpreting dreams during this time. Uh, Joseph is his dad's favorite, okay? He has 10 other brothers until Benjamin comes along. But Joseph is dad's favorite. Let's start there because this can be interesting. Whenever a parent says they are your favorite, you are their favorite child, get ready for something. Then on top of that, Joseph gets clothed with this nice coat, a coat with colors in it, all right? I am a plain Jane kind of guy, but back in those days, if you had colors in your coat, it signaled that you were wealthy, that you were rich. So let's start compounding this. Young man, dad's favorite, clothed with something that is for wealthy, rich status, youngest, by the way. And then Joseph is a dreamer. Let me tell you, your God-given gift and your dream is not bad. But there's also a delivery and a time. What happens? Joseph gets this dream of his family bowing before him. Okay, pretend that you are the sibling in this case. That's going to be fun. That's favorite. You're clothed in richness. And number three, you have a dream of your family bowing before you. Oh, and you're the youngest son. Bitterness is going to compound in these brothers. And Joseph goes through this whole story. His brothers have this bitterness and this resentfulness that comes to him. And they actually want to kill him, but instead they sell him into slavery. And that's a hard place to be when your family sells you into slavery. And if that isn't enough, Joseph goes through something else. He gets into Potiphar's house after being sold into slavery. He is a slave. He's doing well. But then... He gets unjustly accused for rape, which he didn't do. He gets put back into prison. But in this whole time, I would argue that Joseph had a heart after God because he still used his gifting in the lowest place. And that is what set him up. He interpreted two dreams correctly. Later on, he gets set to be prime minister, pretty much second in command. Second in command of Egypt. So now we are here years and years later. Genesis 50, verse 15 to 20, it says, Realizing that their 
father was dead, Joseph's brother said, what if Joseph still bears a grudge against us and pays us back in full for the wrong that we have done? So they approached Joseph saying, your father gave this instruction before he died. Say to Joseph, I beg you, forgive the crime of your brothers and the wrong they did in harming you. So Joseph's brothers are at this place when they actually need to come before him now. And then the next verse, it says, Now therefore, please forgive the crime of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also wept, fell down before him and said, We are here as your slaves. Something that could have happened in the past can enslave you. In your mentality, in your thinking, or even in the physical situation. But please note Joseph's response. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Even though you intended to do harm, God intended it for good in order to preserve a numerous people as he is doing today. So have no fear. I myself will provide for you and your little ones. And this way he reassured them speaking kindly. Interesting. Everything that Joseph went through. To come to this place of forgiveness, not just forgiveness, of blessing. Blessing the other people. And what would that do? It would actually unlock present and future potential. You will see that's going to affect Joseph's life. It's going to affect his brother's lives. But his brothers plus Joseph's two sons make the tribe of Israel, the 12 tribes. And this actually would affect their future. So if you are taking notes with us, I invite you to open up your notebook pick up your pen or, or type it out, whatever you're doing. Our first point, before we go into that, sorry, there's two types of people. You can let bitterness creep into your life and you could actually enslave yourself into a moment. This was Joseph's brothers. The next person that you could be is you could be the person that carries forgiveness. And when you carry forgiveness, you unlock the present and the future potential for other people. Not to mention releasing people and yourself from guilt and from shame that has been wearing you down. So there's two, type of, two types of people. So why are we kingdom carriers? And why does all of this matter? Why does forgiveness matter? Point number one, when you're a kingdom carrier and you carry forgiveness, please know that this is actually the heartbeat of the Father. Forgiveness is the heartbeat of the Father. If you look from the Old Testament to the New Testament, it is woven with forgiveness. The NIV, with certain ways of saying it, there are exact wordings of forgiveness, and then there are other statements or situations that have happened. 140 times approximately, forgiveness is woven through the Old and New Testament, and it depends what version that you're reading. But we see that forgiveness is a core, core idea. Number two, it's woven, so one, it's woven all throughout the Old and New Testament. Number two, forgiveness is the heartbeat of the Father. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, embodied, fully man, fully God, forgave us of our sins. What is forgiveness? Forgiveness is when you come to the point of you, you're stopping that feeling of angriness or resentfulness towards someone. Please remember that forgiveness is a process. Number two, forgiveness is the cancellation of a debt. What did Jesus do on the cross for us? Jesus paid the price for our sins. He canceled our debt. The ultimate sacrifice. So no matter how much or what bad things that we have done, Jesus paid the fullness of our debt. He canceled that debt. And God's heartbeat 
is reconciliation into right relationship with him, into right relationship with each other. This is the heartbeat of the Father. Forgiveness is the heartbeat of the Father. So, it gets a bit dicey here. Not in a bad way, in a good way. Another verse, Mark 11, 25 to 26. This is how important forgiveness is to God. In Joseph's story, we're going to see that he forgives, but God's actually saying he requires forgiveness from you. Mark 11, 25 to 26 says this, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you in your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will the Father in heaven forgive you for your trespasses. We see that forgiveness is required. Because of what Jesus did, because we were freely forgiven, we also should be forgiving other people. So, what does forgiveness do? What happens when you walk into forgiveness? When you walk and you are a carrier of forgiveness, you are freeing yourself and other people that have been enslaved to a specific moment in time or to a specific person or something that happened in their past. Number two, it allows you to operate with a heart of grace and compassion, of blessing and understanding for people. And three, it can positively affect your present and future potential for yourself, for someone else that's involved in the situation, and also for future generations. So, choose forgiveness over bitterness. We looked at Joseph's story. We looked at his brother's story. His brothers had compounded bitterness that crept into their life. And when they walked into unforgiveness, when they walked into bitterness, they sold their brother. They caused him to do an action that they regretted. Because before this whole moment, they actually say, we are getting what is deserved to us because of what we did to our brother. But Joseph is kind of the opposite. You see, Joseph could be like us. You have a dream. God has given you a dream in your life. He has given you something that you're supposed to reach to your fullest potential. But something or some situations may cause bitterness in your life. Now, it's interesting because I want you to imagine this. The family that was Joseph's sold him into slavery. Then he's doing well. He's doing well even as a slave. But then he gets unjustly accused. And he gets thrown into prison until he is set up into the position that he is supposed to be in. At some point, Joseph could have said, you know what, God, you gave me this dream. You gave me this vision, but I am done. At some point, Joseph could have said that. He could have let bitterness creep into his life, and he could have stopped the plan that God had for his life. Sometimes the hardest situations might propel you to bring reconciliation for your family. Sometimes the hardest situations are actually there for potential for future generations, for potential for your own life. If none of this happened, if Joseph did not forgive, if Joseph walked into bitterness, he would not be the prime minister. He would not be second in command to Pharaoh. He would not have had strategic plans to save Egypt from a drought, from a famine. He wouldn't have had that. And the truth is, in our lives, there might be something that God has given you. And I'm going to say this again. Do not let bitterness creep into your life. It will rob you of the potential that you are called to walk into. Unforgiveness will rob you of the potential that you and someone else are called to. And believe it or not, it could also affect 
future generations. When I was um, a little kid, I know, I'm so young, but when I was young, in my high school days, I used to love music, I used to love composing music, I used to love dancing, I was a dancer by nature, some of you know this hidden fact and this video, and you know what, you could go find it, okay, I'm going to put this out there because it's been used against me, it's called Legacy Beetle, I'm putting it out there, it's been used against me, and I hear people laughing because they know that video, yes, oh yes, oh no, oh no, but what you didn't know is that I also used to rap, okay, I used to love music, I used to love poetry, and I used to rap. I used to put things together. Now, my style was a bit different from where I was raised. Some people might say I was raised a bit more um, from the lower income side, so people listen to a specific kind of rap. Yes, rap has different genres and different subsections to it, just saying. So I used to take a more approach of life and talking about life in my raps, and other people wanted something more about the money, the sex, and the drugs, and I didn't want to really rap about that. So. I thought I was doing well. I like my raps, I'm not gonna lie, I like them. I thought they were great. But then there's a specific moment that happened in my life that I would actually be enslaved to, almost for a decade. And someone comes up to me, and they're pretty much saying, in a nice way, I'm not gonna say what they said. They said, you should probably stop rapping. It's not good. I'm saying it in a nice way. And I remember the person that I cared about that was also with this other person. And I remember seeing the smile on his face in a joking way, this person that I cared about, this person that I was close with. And that moment broke me. I still continued rapping for a little bit, but I started to struggle with creating any kind of content, any kind of media. I started to struggle because I was enslaving myself to a moment to the words that people had said. Don't get me wrong, I'm not gonna rap, okay? That side, I don't do that anymore. But I started enslaving myself, and I actually took a break. I would try to play the guitar, and then I would stop. I tried to go into music, and then I would stop. This moment stopped me from walking into my fullest potential. Until recently, until I had to walk into the process of forgiveness. So the stuff that you might see online, or the content that you might see online, honestly, that is the recent Jesh, the 2.0, as I'd like to call it. The 2.0 Jesh. But that is because I had to walk through this moment of forgiveness. Not this moment, sorry, this process of forgiveness. Constantly saying it, I forgive this person. I forgive this moment. God, forgive me for the bitterness that are harbored in my life. And until then, I was not set free to walk into my fullest potential. I actually started to detour. I tried to do business. I tried to do other things because I thought that's where success was. Because I thought that's where my future was. But really, the God-given gift in me was being limited because I was enslaved to a moment to people's words. And I'm here to tell you that God does not want you to be enslaved to that moment or to people's words. God wants you to walk into the fullest potential that you are called to. Point number three. And this is where I'm going to spend a little bit of time. Forgiveness unlocks the ability for other people to walk into their fullest potential. Forgiveness actually unlocks the potential for the next generation to walk into what they are called to. You know, it's interesting because if this moment didn't happen with Joseph and the 12 tribes, sorry, if this moment didn't happen with Joseph and his brothers, guess what? The 12 tribes would have ceased to exist. Why do you say this? Because Joseph's brothers plus Joseph's sons are what makes the 12 tribes. If there wasn't reconciliation during this moment, if Joseph said, no, 
I'm not going to forgive you. There would be no reconciliation. Would his family have been provided for? Would they have been cared for? No. Would unforgiveness cause distance? Yes. Would Joseph be carrying the heartbeat of his father? No. Would his family then go on to walk into the promised land that they were supposed to walk into? To walk into the calling that they were supposed to walk into? No. They wouldn't have. Forgiveness unlocks a future potential for us personally, for others, but also for future generations. One act of forgiveness can actually transcend time into generations. To, for people to walk into what they are supposed to walk into. How many of you know that God has called us to be a body, to walk together? We are supposed to be like a tribe walking together. Forgiveness allows us to do that. Reconciliation allows us to do that. So, I want you to remember this. I also want to point out here that the key point into forgiving others is so that they can walk into their future potential. So, what does Joseph respond with? Just practically. Let's get practical. Let's just get real here because I want to make this a super practical thing. I believe in our day right now, there's a lot of things that have been happening. I know that there might be divisions on vaccines or masks or protocols or, or whatever it is. Number one, what is Joseph's response to, this, to, to what his brothers did? Be, do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Do not be afraid, am I in the place of God? Even though his brothers were enslaved to that moment, they were fearful for their life, he responds with kindness, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? When you start becoming the executor of justice, which, by the way, God doesn't call us to. God calls us to walk into justice, but there's a difference between walking into justice, and being the executor of justice. That's God's job. And that is why Joseph drops this line, am I in the place of God? So, I seek justice and restoration for the issues of what is happening here on earth. Heaven comes to earth. There needs to be justice. There needs to be a voice that is spoken. However, I am not supposed to be directly condemning and accusing people and taking actions into my own hands of what I think their sentence should be. God, in the end of time, will decide all of that. That is not for me to do. You know, it's interesting because Jesus actually talks about this parable, and I think it's somewhere in Matthew. But in this parable, his disciples come to him, and his disciples are just like, how many times should I forgive a person? Seven times a day? And I actually thought about this, and seven times a day is actually a lot. Just being real. If my son came to me and he kept, like, kicking me and hurting me, he says, sorry, dad, sorry, dad, sorry, dad, sorry, dad. I'm not going to lie. That would annoy me a little bit, but obviously I would forgive him. Okay? I'm going to forgive him. But what does Jesus say? Not seven times. Some translations say 77 times, and then some say 70 times seven. That's a big number for one day. 490 times. But it's interesting because seven also represents completeness. Forgive 70 times. Forgive an unlimited amount until you are made whole. Forgive an unlimited amount until you are made whole. So one, do not be the executor of justice for a person. Walk into justice, but do not 
be the executor of justice. Two, forgive until you are made whole. Well, Josh, how do I know that I've been made whole? Honestly, when I started to realize that I knew I was being made whole is when I started having compassion for the person. You know what? They're operating from this heart because of something that happened to them. When you are walking into that process, remember, forgiveness is a process. It's not just a one-time thing. It doesn't happen in a one-time moment. Okay? Forgiveness is a process. But sometimes you do need to declare those words out loud. But forgive until you are made whole. The next part, I want to look into Joseph. What does Joseph do past forgiveness? What does he do? Joseph actually blesses his brothers. Joseph actually says, I'm going to take care of you. And I'm going to take care of your little ones. Move from forgiveness into blessing. The Bible states this in Luke 6, 28, and in 1 Peter 3, verse 9, return the curses that have been heaped on you with blessings. For those who persecute you, bless them. Church, I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's time that we move away from yelling at people on social media and start asking God to bless them, asking God for direction. If something's happened in your life and there is something that you have been enslaved to, ask God to unhook you from that situation. I forgive them. Why? Because God wants you to walk into your fullest potential. But God also wants the body corporately to be reconciled together, to walk into their fullest potential together, like the 12 tribes of Israel are supposed to walk into their fullest potential into the promised land. God wants you to walk into your fullest potential together. He doesn't want guilt and shame looming over your head. He doesn't want that for other people either. God is asking us during this time, I believe specifically during this time, as there's a lot of division, to start walking into a process of healing and recognition. And side note, we should also stop trying to understand the motives of other people because I don't know if we'll truly understand the motives of someone else and what they have gone through. Just a side note. But God wants us to walk in a healing. So, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. In this moment, I believe that, you know, so that certain emotions can be conjured up, not in a bad way. There might have been moments that you were enslaved to something. There might have been people that you might have to forgive. Don't worry, we're not going to see their names out publicly or anything like that. But I'm going to ask you here online in our online campus, I want you to do me a favor. If you could just close your eyes right now. I believe that God is going to release us into our fullest potential. I believe that there's going to be a releasement of joy as well. When I actually walked into forgiving, the one thing that happened was when I started to state it out loud. I actually finally felt joy for the first time in more than a decade, the fullness of joy. So with your eyes closed, I want you to ask God, Father, is there someone that I need to forgive? Lord, is there someone that I need to forgive? And that person that might come into your head right now or that situation from the past, I want you to imagine yourself being unhooked from it. I want you to imagine yourself finding peace from it. And I want you to say this out loud with me. We're not going to say names, but I want you to say this out loud with me. Father, I forgive them. Father, forgive me of any bitterness that's in my life. I want to walk into your fullest potential. 
And I want the body of Christ to walk into their fullest potential. Come on. I am so excited for what God is going to do. I truly mean this. I believe that God is going to start restoring people. I believe that there's going to be joy that, you're, that you have been missing out from a long time that is going to come upon you. So let me pray this prayer before we end today. Lord, we just thank you so much for what you are doing. We thank you that you don't want us to live in a, in a place of shame and of guilt. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for our sins, that you forgave us. And Father, we also want to pray for forgiveness if we have any kind of bitterness in our heart. And Lord, we're just saying, take that away. We're forgiving the people that hurt us. We are forgiving a certain moment that we are enslaved to. And we're just saying, Lord, let there be freedom. And Lord, even for certain people who have been carrying around guilt and shame, I'm saying right now, in the name of Jesus, would you break it? Let there be freedom. And I'm praying as people are watching online, as our, our church families here in person, Lord, I'm just praying that you would also release joy right now. I'm praying that you would bring restoration to families. I'm praying that you would bring restorations to relationships, key relationships that are going to launch them into their future potential. So Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do, that you're a good God and you have a great plan. And I thank you, Lord, that you love us and that you forgave us. And likewise, Lord, we're just going to go out and we're going to forgive. And we pray all of this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Listen, I'm so excited. I'm so thankful that you have been journeying with us. I'm excited for you. I really am. Remember, this is a day-to-day -day thing. It's a process that keeps going on in our day-to-day. -day. But when you start walking into this, I believe that there's going to be peace. I believe there's going to be joy. And I believe that you are going to walk into your potential, into the giftings that God has given you. Do not let bitterness take a hold of it. God has something great for your life. God has something great for the people around you too. So with that being said, Bethel, thank you so much. We hope that you have a great day.